what up what up what up good morning good morning welcome to the scorecard the boxing scorecard where i ask you to bring your scorecard and an explanation not just your opinion all right so last night the featured bout of the evening was for the world boxing organization nabo super middleweight title um the challenger was romer alexis angulo from colombia <laughs> sporting a record of 27 and two uh with 23 knockouts um so this he's, he's one of those guys that that kind of fell under the radar um obviously you can tell you know 23 knockouts out of 27 fights um you know so obviously he has power in his punches uh but fell under the radar because you know one of those guys that when it comes to the business part of it you know he's a he, he, he's what you'd be considered um a high risk but low reward uh, fight so you wouldn't get paid a lot because not a people not a lot of people know him and it's a high risk because he's a power puncher with uh with some good skills he only had two losses on his career um and his only two losses was to the to, was to david benavidez who i've been saying for a while is is the the person that i believe can beat canelo um at 168 and his other loss was was to uh Gil, gilberto ramirez who's at light who's one of the top guys at light heavyweight right now so those were his only two losses. So, uh, um, you know, Romer Alexis Angulo under the radar might not think he's good, but uh, a very, very good boxer. And then we had the champion coming in, Edgar, the chosen one, Berlanga. Yeah, we're going to pause on this one here. The chosen one, Berlanga, 25 years old out of New York. Uh, coming into this fight, he was 19-0 and 0 with 16 knockouts. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 and 0 with 16 knockouts. Now, you can see the tail of the tape there, both at the same height. Angulo with a little bit of a longer reach. Uh, and then the only question going in, I said Angulo slipped under the radar. You know, he's been avoided for his whole career. Um, but you know, he's 38 years old. That's that's the that's the only kind of question mark I had going into this fight. You know, in real life, 38 years old is not old, but in, in athlete's age. That's you know it's a lot of mileage on a lot of mileage on uh, on um, on your body at uh, especially in boxing. So wasn't sure how this was gonna turn out. Next slide, please. So just to give a little bit of background on uh, Mr. Belanga, see he's he's 16 and 0, which is common. You see a lot of guys, you know, good guys that come out of the amateurs, not just amateurs, but you know, there's a lot of guys that go 16 and 0. Um, but the path to to his 16 and 0 was was a lot different. Um, he's sorry, his path to 19 no was a lot different. 16 out of his 19 fights were first round knockouts, like first round KOs. Now, for those that don't know, the way you start out when you're in your professional career, it starts out four rounds, six rounds, eight rounds, 10, and then 12. Your first couple of fights are four rounds, probably your first four or five fights. So his first five fights were four rounders, you know. It, even if one of those is a first round knockout, like you, you, it's okay for you to go two or three rounds just to get your feet wet at the professional ranks. When you get to your sixth fight, um, that's when you, that's when you start to do six rounds, right? An extra two rounds. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it does make a difference. Those two rounds does make a difference with slightly, slightly better competition. So again, you know, instead of going two, three rounds, you know, now you're going maybe three or four rounds out of those six. You're still expected to win. But you know you're 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 still getting some experience. Sorry with the light, light's going all crazy here. Um, you're still getting that experience. 
those professional experience doing doing those rounds. Um, then when you get to your tenth fight, that's when you're starting to go uh, eight rounds with your with your opponents again, slightly better competition, and um, and testing yourself out from there. So, <laughs> but again, Berlanga, the first time that he went over, you know, past the first round was in a 17th fight. So even though he's in his, you know, teenage numbers when it comes to fighting experience, like in real, like professional experience, he's kind of still a novice if you think about it. Like if he, if his first four fights as a professional, remember I just explained this before, if his first four fights are four rounds, if he went the distance in those four, four fights, he would have as many rounds as he did in his 16 fights. <laughs> oh, sorry, four, yeah, four fights, four times four, 16, right? Yeah. So if he went the distance in his first four fights, that that would have been as many rounds as he's done in his current, in his, uh, in his 16 fights when he had 16 first round knockouts, right? Now, in between then, there's, there's, there's all those other fights. So again, even though he's 16 and 0, um, that 16 and 0 is, is is still low experience when it comes to the professional level. Um, now we can get now we can get into the fight with the other slides. Now this this fight similar to last week. This was a this was a shutout for Berlanga. However, the these these numbers are are you know don't tell exactly how the how the story went because um, I scored every round, I scored every round for Berlanga, but you know the the story didn't show exactly how the how the numbers went. So we'll get into the next slides, and you can just uh, let it let it run normal from here. Um, so round one, Berlanga controlled it with boxing, with his good educated jab and footwork. You can tell that in in it, when when he had his other fights, he was just he was so used to just taking people out. That's all he was looking for, and he, he was he wasn't making it a secret. That's what he was trying to do, just to come and finish this fight as soon as possible. That's what people were expecting him to do. Um, and he was making it too obvious. This fight, I appreciated how he used an educated jab, not just randomly throwing it out there, but using an educated jab to to, to find to find Angulo's opponent and very good footwork moving around the ring. That was the first round. Even though I marked it as a close round because Angulo was still coming hard forward, um, I gave it to Berlanga. Second round, Berlanga is not blatantly looking my notes. So I'm reading my notes and going off from there. Second round, Berlanga, he wasn't blatantly looking for the KO. He's actually boxing very good, which was opposite to his other fights, like I said, where he was used to just coming after you and finishing it off real quick. Third round, uh, Berlanga looked very good, very composed, and very smart. Like, he was, he was boxing very good. He showed, you know, as an amateur, he's been boxing since, since he was, like, 9, 10 years old. So he does have a deep amateur experience, not uh, um, high-level international experience, but did have a lot of fights, you know, he, they kind of developed developed him into having a pro style early, which doesn't really work at the amateur level. But um, like I said, 16 to 0. So it worked for him at, at the pro so far. Um, round four is where things started to to uh, to go a little bit shaky for Mr. Berlanga. And it was the perfect timing for this slide to come in here. Berlanga started leaking, not a lot, but he started leaking from his nose. Um, for, he decided to sit down more this round. He got caught a few times and uh, did not look as comfortable as he did in, in the first three rounds. Um, again, I still gave it to Berlanga, but, you know, Angulo, Angulo did make it uncomfortable for him. Um, I uh, I uh, 
going into round four. And I sorry, I marked round round four. Yeah, round four, close round. Going into round five, I also marked it as a close round. Um, Berlanga, he wasn't having Angulo was not showing any effect from from Berlanga's punches. Uh, uh, Berlanga, he was jabbing and and but Angulo was not respecting it. This is Angulo right here. He wasn't his respecting Berlanga's punches and just simply walking through. Um, but Angulo, but Angulo was not counter punching. So Angulo was coming forward, showing that Berlanga's punches were not having as much an effect on him. But at the same time, Angulo was not taking advantage of that of that opportunity that Berlanga was kind of giving him. Um, going into round six, Berlanga. My notes for round six exactly were: um, Berlanga is lucky that this guy's thirty eight years old. Um, the way that the way that Berlanga started the fight, I thought he would pick it up. From the momentum that he had, but the, the, the momentum is kind of going the other way around. And Gulo had the momentum, but again was not taken up on the, picking up on that opportunity to do that. Round seven, my notes from round seven, and Gulo was target practice for Berlanga, but Berlanga was not really taking advantage of it. Like Berlanga was literally just walking forward. He had his hands up. He was walking forward with his hands up, blocking some punches, taking a few, you know, but slow with his counter punching. So. You know he he couldn't really take advantage of it. Round eight, what we got here. You can you can you can play that slide one more time if you can. Um, round eight, uh, um, Berlanga was winning, but not exactly looking good. Berlanga was winning, but not exactly looking good versus a thirty-eight year old that I forgot about. Again, like I said, in real life, thirty-eight years old is not old, but in 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 the sports and athlete terms, it is getting up there. That's why most athletes retire when they're in, in their mid to late thirties. It's unfortunate Angulo didn't get his big paydays earlier in his career when he was in his prime. Um, again, his only two losses was to Benavidez and to and to Ramirez, two very good fighters. Round nine, um, Angulo is not fading at all. Berlanga is winning, but you know, kind of expecting a little bit more. Again, even though I say expecting more, because we see him as as many fights that he has, I got to remind myself, and we have to everyone has to remind himself that. He doesn't have that as much professional experience as the number of fights that he has shows. That makes sense, right? He doesn't have as much professional experience as the number of fights that he has shows. Um, and then the last round, I didn't even mark any notes for last round. Um, that was uh, that was it from there. So again, it was it was a. I gave Angulo. I mean, I gave Edgar the chosen one, Berlanga, every round. It looked kind of shaky at times. Looked kind of shaky. Um, if anybody had gave any rounds to, to Angulo, please let me know. And of course, please explain yourself which round it was, because I did have a, a few close rounds. Uh, um, I had rounds specifically round one, round four, and round five. I marked as close rounds. So, you know, uh, um, if anybody had any of the rounds close like that, let me know. Let me know. A few uh, 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 power punch uh, um, statistics that I that I looked up or that, that they showed during the screen during the fight. Power punches landed through round six was thirty three. It was even at thirty three each. Each each fighter landed thirty three power punches going into round six. Going into the last round, um, the percentage for Berlanga was ninety seven. He landed ninety seven out of three hundred and seventy eight power punches thrown for twenty six percent. And Gulo landed 72 out of 321 
power punches thrown for 22 percent um so again berlanga getting that experience in there i know a lot of people a lot of people are, again are going to criticize him for not getting this guy out of there but again you got to remind yourself he's still he's still getting up there with his experience one of the things that he missed out okay that, that was that's it for the fight keep the slides going though as i explained one of the things that he's missing that that you can't uh, um, skip is experience in anything not just sports but in life too but specifically in in boxing like when you when you start those first round even though they were great it's great for him you know great for his career and financially that he had 16 first round knockouts because you can market of course you can promote that this guy's a knockout artist uh, um and people want to see that but it's to the detriment of the actual fighter because he's this is the reason why that ex this experience is needed when you have those first couple of fights you Berlanga basically never had time to adapt to different styles that you see. Like, for example, in your in your earlier in your career, you're going to face guys. Of course, later on, when at championship level, you're facing the best in the world. But even when you're when you're starting out, you're going to face guys, for example, that have a low skill level, but are very fast punchers, low skill, low skill level, but they, they can get off punches very fast. So you have to adapt to that. You're going to face a guy or a girl that has a low skill level, but they're strong as, yeah, really strong, right? Low skill, but low skill level. But if you get hit with one of them, it's it's going to be problems. A perfect example of this, Andre Ward, one of my favorite boxers of all, all time, um, 2004 gold medalist, uh, 38 and no one I believe is a professional boxer, hasn't lost a fight since he was 12 years old, one of my favorite fighters of all time. Earlier in his career, when he's in, I think, pretty pretty sure single digits, he fought a fighter named Darnell Boom. Um, and that's a name that most people, even that follow boxing, wouldn't even know. Darnell Boom is one of those guys that just fell under the radar. Definitely not mainstream. He's one of those guys that didn't really care about boxing. He just fought because he wanted to, wanted to make some money. When he fought Andre Ward, his promoter, he told his promoter not to tell him who the guy was. He didn't do any research. He never even knew who Andre Ward was. My whole point of bringing him up is he dropped Andre Ward earlier in their career. This is a guy that people barely even heard of. Andre Ward was highly touted, like an Olympic gold medalist. He was highly touted, signed with Roy Jones Jr. when he first came in. He got dropped by this guy, Darnell Boom. He got up and weathered the storm, but he, he learned from that experience. Again, my whole point is you're, you're going to face random guys like that that aren't good, but you know you still have to face adversity and, and see if you can get through that. Um, and then you can also face early in your career, a guy that, uh, um, has high skill level, but no power. Sometimes you'll face like, like someone that maybe stayed in the Olymp at the amateur level for a long time, where you're used to that. It's not really based on power, but more speed and, and the number of punches that you throw. If you've been in the amateurs for a long time and then you turn pro, you might, some fighters, some boxers aren't able to, to make that adjustment. Um, so you might face that. So you, as a fighter, you have to adjust to that too. Um, and then also you might face someone, you know, a, a fighter that comes, falls under the radar, someone like Terrence Crawford, who right now is regarded as the, one of the number one guys in the whole sport of boxing. A lot of people say he's the number one guy in this whole sport, pound for pound. Um, when he was coming out of the amateur level, nobody was talking about him, about being one of the best in the sport. No, like people, a few people knew about him, 
Um, he didn't make the Olympic team. He, he just barely lost in, in, in the finals, but he didn't make the Olympic team. Nobody was talking about Terrence Crawford being the next, the, the number one pound for guy, guy in the sport. He just slowly creeped his way through up the, through up the ranks, right? So you might face these guys randomly along your way. So that's that's the whole thing. And then one of the best examples, uh, um, Emmanuel Augustus, the drunken, the drunken style they called him. Um, Google him his highlights when you youtube his highlights we get a chance the drunken style and that's exactly how he fought fought like he was drunk floyd mayweather said that that was one of his hardest fights of his career this was earlier in his career too just some random guy that with a weird style that nobody was used to because he can't train for a drunken style um anyways yeah so really this, these are all different types of of styles that you're gonna face earlier in your career so that when you get to the highest level you've you've seen it all orthodox southpaw all of that um but you know berlanga kind of put himself on that fast track up to up to the top one of the, you know up to that top level with low experience so what is next for mr berlanga i believe if, if i was his team i would i would still keep him at these at these b level fighters to get him that experience i wouldn't just even though he has the popularity, you know, that's the kind of thing that I'm worried about. You know, he already has the popularity. He has guys like, you know, Fat Joe and and all these big guys uh, walking him to the ring. And he's hanging out with all these celebrities. I, I really hope he doesn't get lost in that in that lifestyle and forget, you know, what what helped get him there, which was staying focused on his training. So at this point, I would if I was part of his team, I would keep him against these B level com competition guys to get his experience up there. Um, you know, again, he's still 19 and 0 right now. His last three fights have gone to distance. His last three fights have gone to distance, but this was the first time that I actually, well, I was about to say the first three rounds, this, I was about to say this was the first time I actually seen him look comfortable boxing, but that was only for the first three rounds. He looked very like those first three rounds of this fight. He looked very good. He boxed very well. Like he boxed very good. But then after that, he he kind of slowly got away from it. Even like I said, even in the later rounds when Angula was giving him the opportunity to to to, to take him out, he, you know, Berlanga wasn't really facing it. But at the same time, you know, we're you know that's easy say, sitting on the outside and saying, why aren't you doing more? I already said before, Angulo has what is it? He with twenty three knockouts out of his twenty seven fights. So obviously, there's some power in those punches. So even though Berlanga was blocking a lot of them, um, he he obviously felt his power and maybe wasn't trying to take that extra risk uh, um, to try to take him out since he already knew he was winning, winning those rounds. Um, that is it for the, uh, for the scorecard analysis. Um, thank you very much for, for tuning in. Uh, leave any comments, even if you're not, can't see it live on the replay, leave any comments. I'll reply as soon as I can like share, subscribe to the channel. Uh, it's 9.30 every Sunday morning, the scorecard, the boxing scorecard, bring your scorecard and an explanation, not just your opinion. I mean, I welcome your opinion too, but an explanation is obviously much better. You can not just talk, but, you know, give the reason why you uh, you thought the way you thought. All right. So uh, we'll, uh, it's Sunday right now. Make sure you pay attention. Stay. Come back at 4 o'clock for the knockout of the week, my boy, Mike Orr. And, of course, Monday through Friday, me and my boy Mike Orr are featuring the latest talent 
of uh, from around the world, upcoming boxers that are kind of under the radar interviews too. So stay tuned, Talk and Fight channel. Yeah, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Hit me up on any social media at Cedric Sports. All right, peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs>